This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Oh, what an exciting show. You know Wednesday shows are always the best. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Fantasy Football Today on September 4th. Adam Azer here. Heath Cummington, Connecticut. Hey, Heath. Hi, Adam. Ben Gretsch out in Washington State. Hey, Ben. How's it going? Oh, it's. I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking. It could not be much better right now because every time I make even the tiniest commissioner mistake, I know I'm going to hear about it the next day on the show from Heath. Heath made like 15 big mistakes as commissioner last night, and I just I can't wait to go through the comedy of errors. What, thank you, Heath, for, for giving us such great content on the show. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think you do. I think you do. All right, more of that in a moment. The big news. Oh, can we just stop with the Zeke stuff already? Can, can this be the end? Six years, 90 million, 50 million guaranteed. Heath, why were you going to take Christian McCaffrey over Ezekiel Elliott in the team that we shared last night in a non-PPR league? I have... 47 fantasy football teams this year and several of them have Zeke and zero of them have Christian McCaffrey. And when I have somebody ranked as a consensus top four pick, I don't really like the idea of having 0% exposure to them over all of my teams, because what if they're the best player in fantasy this year? That would suck. I don't have any of them. I I guess so. I guess so. (laughs) Uh, Ben, you haven't talked about Ezekiel Elliott. What are we thinking for week one? Are we going to be able to play him week one? Yeah, I mean, I think you you probably got to play him. It's a great matchup. They're going to be in positive game script. I, I do think he could get limited a little bit if they get out ahead and, and they could just go with Tony Pollard. But, yeah, I would I'd feel comfortable plugging him in. All right, so well, we have a tweet, Heath, about his potential game one workload. Not Ben, but uh, Ezekiel Elliott's game one workload. Yeah, I think Ben's workload, Ben's a full go this week. I expect yep. him to uh, play 100. He's just like Chris Godwin. He will never come off the field. <laughs> Um, no, Jane Slater from the NFL Network, and she's had a lot of information on this story, um, said that ahead of Ezekiel Elliott's first practice since June, I'm told the plan right now is about 20 to 25 reps on Sunday. Tony Pollard behind him and Jameez Olawale as your best blitz pickup guy on third down. That's Things can always change, but this is the plan heading into today. Now, the interesting word there assuming we're taking this report as if like it's something Jason Garrett said reps, right? 20 to 25 reps. I don't know what the word reps mean. And I kind of asked on Twitter, but oddly enough, she's not responded to me. Um, (laughs) I don't know if she she means touches, if which would be awesome. I think snaps snaps seems more likely. Yeah, I think so. Which is probably less than half of the Cowboys offensive snaps. Now, it could very easily be a thing where we're just going to put Zeke in when we want to give him the ball and we're not going to make him block or be a decoy. Um, that's not a really a very good plan over the course of a season offensively because then everybody knows what you're doing. But against the Giants, it would probably work fine. Yeah, I mean, is there a scenario where you're... First of all, first of all, you know, we get reports throughout the year of guys being on snap counts and limited and whatnot, and oftentimes it just doesn't play out that way. The coaches can't seem to resist themselves uh, the, those snap counts, Sp- specifically that term, seems to be kind of ludicrous a lot of times. Um, but, you know, you could buy it here that they limit him a little bit. Is there any scenario, though, 
where you're sitting Ezekiel Elliott. Like I, I you know, you took him maybe in late in the first round or something like, or the second <clears> round. He, you know, you have two run. Okay, okay, I don't know. Is there any scenario where you're sitting Ezekiel Elliott? That's the question. I, I don't think so. I think if you, it would have to be in PPR. I. So the 20 to 25 reps, assuming that we're talking about snaps, that's something that happens fairly frequently with running backs that are typically not playing on passing downs. And they they can still get like 18 carries on 25 snaps. It ha- uh, Sony Michelle was a guy who did this a ton last year. He was getting uh, rush attempts on a really, really high percentage of his actual snaps played. We see that for guys that have those types of uh, really heavy rush to, to reception touch mixes where they're they're basically just running backs only they're in on like power packages and it's interesting in that same tweet they talked about uh Olawale the fullback playing on passing downs and and Tony Pollard playing the way I would look at this is probably we're not going to expect a lot of receiving out of Zeke this week but I still think he can pretty easily get to 15 plus rushes and maybe a catch or two I wouldn't expect a four or five catch game from him if he does only play 20 or 25 snaps so if there's somewhere where you're sitting him, it's probably in a PPR league, but I I just would have a hard time doing that. It's such a good matchup. I expect that he'll be able to uh, rack up some rushing yards and be in a good position to get uh, a touchdown as well because I think they'll score plenty of points on the Giants. Yeah, I've, I've got him at uh, 16 touches. I don't know if you've done your projections. or 80 yards and about a 80 90% chance for a touchdown this week. Um, like I could invent a couple of scenarios. Let's say you took Zeke in the first round, you took Dalvin cook in the second and he gets the Falcons who just beg you to throw passes to running backs. And you took Chris Carson in the fifth with a great matchup against Cincinnati. I could see a situation where if you don't have a flex and you're thinking, man, I think I'd rather start Carson over Zeke. All right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm d- not saying you should, yeah. but that, that's, that makes you're sense. Start, it's, you start Zeke. It won't even get complicated. By the way, the Giants held a running back in three of their last four games. No running back in more than 35 rushing yards against them. So how about that? And they <laughs> they added a defensive tackle in the first round. But no, they're going to get killed uh, defensively. So, um, Okay. So L.A., uh, the Chargers, they have held preliminary trade discussions regarding Melvin Gordon, according to ESPN's Josina Anderson, with one team. But Ian Rappaport says it doesn't seem like a trade is going to happen. And I think we have beaten a dead horse when it comes to Melvin. I mean, Gordon. did you hear what they were asking for though? A first round. We can beat the dead horse a little bit more. A first rounder and a fifth rounder for a guy yeah. that's on his fifth year team option and would have to be re-signed. Yeah. No. And plays the running back position. Not gonna happen. Not Hazer trade. Hazer for sure. Um, all right. Today's sponsors are Head and Shoulders. Go to headandshoulders.com/nfl. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT and get a $5 bonus every week for four weeks. I think that's the offer we got now. You're going to hear more about that later. But the offer has changed. It's not just a $5 bonus. You're getting a $5 bonus uh, several times. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Sign up. And SeatGeek. Save 10 bucks off your first purchase. Go to SeatGeek. They really have terrific deals. And use the promo code FFT. Okay, Commissioner Heath. How did it go last night with our For the People podcast league? Where were you? Uh, my team got an A+. Plus. Hold on. Before I, we get to that, before I, I we get to that. I drafted with a co-owner who didn't really participate and didn't respond to half of my texts. So I think I did a pretty good job. Okay. Let's start. Uh, so 10-team league. <laughs> the team drafted last night. Heath started sending out the invites yesterday. 
Heath changed many not of true. the rules. Not true. I sent the invites out two days ago. Okay. Um, one. Team oh, no, 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 that's I what I meant. I meant the day, the day before the draft. Yeah, the day before yes. the draft. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Go ahead. I, I'll just I'll, I'll I'll give my explanation. One team never replied to me on Twitter and gave me an email address, so I never invited them. I realized that about 6 p.m. I've got a co-commissioner. I figured two hours before the draft, a guy with 50,000 followers could just send out a tweet real quick and get a, a new league member. And then there was another team. Um, I apologize to you, Graham, um, that I sent the email three times to the wrong email address. That's right. Yep. And he never knew that he was in the league. <laughs> And so then Adam said, you know, we he's going to see this eventually. We should just draft his team for him so he could still be in the league. I said, you know, that's a good idea. I think we should do that. But then I didn't pay attention, and <laughs> he auto-picked Patrick Mahomes in the first round, and I didn't fix it. Why? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. But it's a super – well, it's a super flex league. Okay, and okay. so okay. I think, like, he started off with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey – I like that start in a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's not league. terrible. No, that's and not bad. Then I did draft his team for the rest of the draft without telling anyone else in the league that oh. I was drafting two teams. Um, but I think it went pretty well. But other than that, <laughs> well, he was, okay. Heath, also, Heath was late. He had two owners missing. I had to go get another owner, and I was about to go on the air and do CBS Sports HQ, which we're doing again tonight, eight p.m. to nine p.m. Eastern. We're having a lot of fun. I really hope you guys can check it out. Uh, he got stuck on a train that was late. He was just very, very irresponsible. And uh, I needed to come to the rescue and, and get a final member for the league, which I did. And it was Pat from Ohio, who's one of our best listeners. So it was cool that we were able to get him in. And Pat, Pat only auto-picked like three times and I had to reset it. <laughs> and I auto-picked four times for the guy that I was supposed to be drafting for and I kept forgetting. I think he drafted Jared Cook five times in that draft. Um, <laughs> but we got him all set up now and hopefully he'll log into his team. Cool, and it you know sounds what? Sounds like a blast for the record. I mean, I'm sure all the listeners enjoyed this at least. Well, but the other thing is, he changed the rules. Like he made it, he made it non PPR. Used to be half PPR, and he added half point for first down for rushing and receiving first down. Uh, what else? Other wacky five point for uh, passing three, touchdowns three, instead of four. Three flex, three flex. One of them's a super flex. Yeah, like what the hell? Why would you do all? That? You didn't even tell me. You did not even tell. Me. I did not know until we were drafting. Right. <laughs> but yeah. then I was going to say Heath went and basically drafted you know 80% of our team and and totally redeem yourself. You crushed it. You had an A+ plus from CBS Sports and we have a, you actually did a great job. Um you did draft Tony Pollard late which actually made me feel very good because we drafted Zeke third overall. Well, Good it's job. easy to draft an A-plus team when you're drafting for another team in the league and, and just <laughs> totally neglecting that team. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It was all part of our master plan. All right. Um, so, league winners. Are there any guys on waivers right now that you think could be league winners? Ben, I'm going to throw it over to you. Who do you want to start with? Well, I, I mean, I feel like you should start with your guy. <laughs> okay. I okay. mean, he's your guy now. No, I mean, he's our guy. He's our guy. He's Ben's guy. Just, ben, you're supposed to just say the guy and just pretend like he never told you he was going to talk about him. Yeah, I was uh, setting you up, man. I just feel no, like... I'll, I'll we, go elsewhere. I'm, okay, I'm over okay. him. I have him in more leagues than I think anyone else. Uh, but I think Jalen Richard is a guy that is still too low-owned and, and goes really late in how, drafts. How is, how is Jalen Richard going to win you a league? If something happens to Josh Jacobs, I expect him to be basically the every down back. I Dunbar, see. I, I don't. I I don't think he's ever had more than ten carries in a game. 
maybe once or something. I just don't think they will let him do that. That's because I may I remember oh. having this argument last year. That's now, not how it works. That's not how any of this works. You want the receiving backs, but and he's, but he's never. But they won't do it. They won't. They won't make him uh, a rushing back. I don't think they will. I first of all, I'm looking up his. I mean, you might be right about him never having more than ten carries, but that seems. Yeah, he's only had it once. You're right, but I I absolutely think he could be a guy who gets 15 touches a game if if Josh Jacobs is out and the majority of those or at least a high percentage of those relative to other backs are in the passing game. So especially in PPR leagues, it becomes like a like how Gio Bernard's workload fills out when Joe Mixon misses time, and he was really good early last season when yeah, Mixon was. was off the field. Yeah. And late in the year before, I believe, anytime he's been like the lead back, Bernard, for the Bengals over the last several years, he's been very good for fantasy. Again, specifically PPR leagues, because you're talking about like a 15-touch workload, but there's a lot of receptions involved in that. I think Richard has that type of upside. Uh, Ty Montgomery, similar thing. Chase Edmonds, similar thing. Jamal Williams and Ido Smith are two guys that are, uh, they both took like some value hits earlier this offseason because of a number three back. Brian Hill never really actually threatened Edo Smith for the number two role for Atlanta. I actually kind of like Edo Smith scored three touchdowns in the preseason, had a, a 45 yard receiving game. I think he's going to be involved as the number two there, and he's still behind an injury pro lean back. And then Jamal Williams, same deal. Dexter Williams was supposedly going to take over that number two job and didn't really have a great preseason. Jamal Williams seems locked in and is on waivers in a ton of leagues. If something happened to Aaron Jones, who's about Duke Johnson size. If you're worried about Duke Johnson being a lead back, you should probably be worried about Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams could Definitely. wind up in a lead back role again. Yep. I have Jamal Williams on some teams for that very reason. And to be fair, for your Jalen Richard call, um, they don't have Doug Martin. They don't have Marshawn Lynch anymore. They have Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington. So if something happens to Jacobs, maybe they will extend him a little bit more in the that running game. That was like game. my first point. Doug Martin's not on the roster anymore. That's why he has He that. couldn't hear you because he was yelling over you that it was such a terrible pick. Oh, yeah, that must have been, that must have been it. <laughs> well, the guy that I was going to bring up is the guy that, that Ben has on so many teams, and it's Ronald Jones. Now, Peyton Barber's 88% owned. Ronald Jones is 48% owned. Daria Gumbawale is 6% owned. And I just, you know, I said it on HQ last night, and it just, we love Jameis Winston as a breakout. We love O.J. Howard. We love Chris Godwin. We love Mike Evans. There is no way that we're going to be right about all of those guys. And I'm not saying we will be, but if we are, there's no way they're not going to have a fantasy-relevant running back and a guy that you should be starting. You know, look at the top 10 offenses last year. Kansas City, the Rams, the Saints, the Patriots, the Colts, the Chargers, the Steelers, Seahawks, Bears, and Falcons. You do, you know, like, because Marlon Mack was hurt, because Sony Michelle got hurt, they, those guys didn't necessarily finish super high. James White was a top 10 running back, I think, in both formats, or top 12 in both formats. Tariq Cohen was, like, top 15 in both formats. But bottom line is, those teams had really good running backs for fantasy. So I just don't see how the, the Bucks won't have that. I Did hope you watch Ronald the Bucks Jones. last year? But they weren't a top 10 offense. Uh, passing offense? I think they were maybe... I, but I, but I'm talking score, scoring offense. They were not a top 10 scoring offense. But, okay. I think that the point was they had Mike Evans have a great year. The tight ends combined for a great year. O.J. Howard got hurt, but he was really Adam good Humphreys when he played. Humphreys was like wide receiver 24 in PPR but Jameis, on top of that. But like Jameis wasn't that good. Jameis plus Fitzpatrick in the games they played was like the number two quarterback in the NFL. But yeah. no, no. Jameis, yes. no. The answer to your was. question is Tampa Bay last year. First like, of all. If, it, if an offense can do that. And I totally agree with Heath on this. 
Okay, uh, I mean, I guess, but I, I just think if we're projecting them to be better, then, you know, you know, like Godwin to be better, Howard to be better, and and Jameis to be better, like it's just a great situation for the running back. So, well, uh, I don't think I have to I, convince Ben. Yeah, um, you guys have named like 17 backup running backs, and I'm not sure that you've named the best um, not-owned backup running back. And we're going to talk about him in just a minute or two in the notes, but uh, hashtag Team Geo. Yeah. Um, like yeah. we saw it last year, two games, he got starts 180 yards, three touchdowns, final four games of 2017, 411 yards, two touchdowns. We know if Joe Mixon gets hurt, that Giovanni Bernard is going to be a must start running back. And every year we treat him like he's just not good. He's very, very good. Yeah. He's arguably the best handcuff in fantasy. He really and he's is probably right owned in like 8% of leagues or something. Uh, okay, we're gonna yeah, take I mean, a break. Everybody was worried about two sixth round picks when the whole Mark Walton thing. They took him, I believe, in the fourth last year, but it didn't work out. They had already waived him. They they were going to take a running back for depth, and the fact that they waited until the sixth round, I always read. I mean, I know they took two guys in the sixth round, but I always read that as kind of some confidence in Geo, even though he was on a contract here that they'd still use him. Uh, I totally agree, especially now that they've re-signed him. Uh, one point about Tampa Bay, they just brought in TJ Logan and he was kind of a pass catcher with the Cardinals. I believe back since Arians was with the Cardinals, they have uh, had recently waived him Arizona and, and Tampa Bay picked him up and Arians, um, I saw a quote from him that said, you guys are going to need to get to know his name real quick. There's a, so it seems like uh, between Agum Bawale and now TJ Logan, they're trying to find a pass catching back and, and Andre Ellington, who they brought in throughout training camp but have since released that i think kind of limits ronald jones upside a bit adam more generally though i do obviously agree with your take uh that if this offense is really good they're probably going to be running back production i think what happened in Tampa last year was a little bit of an anomaly and i still think ronald jones has massive upside i mean i, I totally agree with you all right i gotta wrap up this segment here and move on uh can josh allen though can he be a league winner he's 58 percent owned and in his last six games of 2018, Josh Allen averaged 24.5 points per game in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, 26 points per game in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Do you think he could be a league winner? I think he's the poster boy for why not to use fantasy points per game without understanding where the fantasy points come from because that was really ridiculous rushing pace. I think it was uh, those games he was over like a 1,250 rushing yard pace and like 13 rushing TD pace which is what elevated those fantasy points per game. Uh, one quarterback in NFL history has rushed for over 1,000 yards. That's Michael Vick. It's Allen's rushing has to come way down this year, so he has to be a lot better as a passer to get anywhere near the upside we saw at the end of 2018. I don't I don't see it for him this year. How about Marquise Brown, 29% owned? I, I mentioned some other guys yesterday, like Marquise Goodwin, DK Metcalf. We had a little waiver wire conversation yesterday, so I'm bringing up some different names. Marquise Brown, 29% owned, Heath. Um, do you think he could be a, a stud, a league winner? Yeah, I, I said this on HQ yesterday. One of Marquise Brown or Miles Boykin, I fully expect to be leading Jamie's waiver wire wide receiver section on Tuesday morning next week. Um, they get the great matchup against the Dolphins. I still kind of like I <clears throat> coming into the draft, I viewed Brown and Boykin pretty similarly. They're different types of guys. I kind of has the very little we saw of them together in the preseason looked like Boykin was going to be the air yards guy and probably the red zone guy. And Brown was going to be used more close to the line of scrimmage, almost like a, uh, well in the slot, obviously, but almost like a running back in the passing game. So I kind of lean a little bit towards Boykin, but 
both of these guys have huge upside. I think Boykin's only 16% owned. I actually drafted both of them in quite a few leagues. I've got them on a lot of rosters, and I'm looking forward to the ride. All right, and you, when you say lead his waiver wire column at wide receiver, you mean after DK Metcalf. Understandable mistake there. Um, we've just, you know, you don't have to... It's, it's just under, understood at this point DK Metcalf's going to be leading that column. Okay, so let's take a break here. Uh, when we come back, we have the best uh, five-star iTunes review so far. we got some more news and notes. We're going to preview the Packers and the Bears, and we're going to do some regulating. We'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Let's take a look at the most added list uh, briefly. We've talked about so many of these guys. Devin Singletary is number one. Matt Bryant is number two. Uh, the Seahawks DST, they are 46% owned, and it should still go up. I mean, great week one matchup against the Bengals without A.J. Green and with, with problems at left tackle, and they could be really good now with Clowney. Carlos Hyde and Justice Hill are 54 and 58% owned, respectively. They are the fourth and fifth uh, players on the most added list. List Heath, what's your take on Carlos Hyde and Justice Hill? Uh, they both should be on the most added list. I, I'm i really struggling with Carlos Hyde because I think you can look at the waiver wire running backs right now in two different buckets. Guys that you feel could really help you as, as a flex if you're in a pinch this week. And someone like Chris Thompson or Jalen Richard and PPR I think are kind of that guy. I'm not too excited about the long term, but I might be able to use them this week if I really had to. And then there's guys like Justice Hill or even Giovanni Bernard who might be one injury away from just being absolutely awesome. Carlos Hyde does not fit into either one of those buckets. I cannot use him this week. I don't know how much the Texans are going to use him. And I'm not really excited about his upside. But I do think somebody else in my league should add him because he should be owned in more leagues than he is. Okay, and then uh, I just want to talk about one other player, Dontrell Hilliard. Because Ben's on the show, and Dontrell Hilliard's only 10% owned, Ben. Yeah, I mean, another guy, and what Heath just said about Hyde, it goes back to the the high-value touches stuff we've talked about throughout the offseason. You want backups that can actually catch passes because then their workload, for me, it's not necessarily about the the percentage that they have a uh, chance to like take over the backfield because it's hard to predict injuries. It's how high their upside is if they do hit. So guys like Justice Hill and Dontrell Hilliard, their upside's going to be massive. If something were to happen to Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde would get a ton more work, and but I, I just don't think he'll get a lot of pass attempts. Even still, like they, they just wouldn't throw to their running backs like they have. So I, he's a guy I don't prioritize. I was going to name Hill as a, a potential waiver wire league winner, but figured he'd be owned in more leagues. So that's surprising to me. I think he should be owned in a lot more than fifty-four percent or whatever you said. Justice Hill is super fast. Um, I think he was the fastest running back in the draft out of Oklahoma State. I am not sure, though, that if Mark Ingram gets hurt, that it's not Gus Edwards that picks up the slack. 
Oh, he would definitely be more involved. I, yeah, I still think it would be a committee. I, I just think that Hill would be the one that you'd want for fantasy uh, and be usable at that point. Mm. Gus would be the Carlos Hyde. Justice Hill would be the Duke Johnson. Yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot more upside, sure. All right, do you need your football fix? Well, the Pick 6 NFL podcast is available every weekday morning to keep you informed on all the news, analysis, and matchups with the fantasy and gambling advice that you crave. Throughout the season, host Will Brinson and guests will be reacting immediately after Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, and Thursday Night Football, so you won't have to wait to hear breakdowns on all the games. So after the Patriots and Steelers wrap up this Sunday, there will be an extensive Week 1 recap. Download and subscribe to the Pick 6 podcast on Apple Podcasts to follow football all year long. And we mentioned uh, your iTunes reviews and how important they are or anywhere you can review us. Five stars would be very, very helpful. And if you leave us a question, it's got to be a start or sit question at this point because uh, we're going to read it on the Saturday mailbag show. Ben and I are going to be handling the mailbags this week. But uh, that's one way to get your question read. I can't guarantee that I'll read all of them, but a lot of the, the iTunes or a lot of the iTunes reviews questions will be read on the mailbag show. And we got it like here's a question that I could read right now. Um, it's five star review from Heath is the coolest, and the comment wasn't really a question. The comment was, "I thought Adam was a tiny lady at first. <laughs> um, I, but I'm just curious, like what happened to change that opinion? <laughs> like, I, I, what, like, I got what? you know, I got a new microphone actually a few weeks ago, and it does it does pick up the bass in my voice a little bit better." So I think I sound like a bigger lady now. So that's that's a positive. Um, and also we're on video, you know. So I think you know, mystery solved. Oh, because the days you don't shave. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, like I'm two days without shaving now. Okay, the Rams signed Jared Goff to a four-year contract extension. The Cowboys signed Lyle Collins, offensive tackle, to a five-year contract extension. Uh, Goff got four years. I don't know if I said four or five. Cincinnati signed Giovanni Bernard to a two-year deal. Okay, this one's important, or possibly important. Matt Breida, Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin. They were listed as starters on the 49ers depth chart. Uh, ben, what do you make of that? Uh, I'm not making too much of it. It's just these preliminary depth charts aren't like actually released by the team. They're just kind of released by like PR people on the staff. Breida was their incumbent. He was their starter last season. I can see why he would be ahead of Tevin Coleman here. If you look back at the preseason, Coleman played ahead of him in each game and was the lead back in each game. I, I mean, it's going to be a split. We know both Coleman and Breeder are going to play, but I'm not reading too much into him being the starter. And then as far as the receivers, I mean, Pettis and Goodwin is kind of like as expected there. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to do the SpongeBob letter thing. Debo Samuel is taking Dante Pettis's job because Debo is currently on the third team. It was all motivation for, I mean, maybe Debo Samuel at some point does take Pettis's job, but there are two starting wide receivers for sure in San Francisco, and the rookies are not in consideration. What what the heck are you talking about, SpongeBob? Where you mix up all the letters? Uh, hey, SpongeBob. Was that good? Oh, the, the little tweet pattern? thing with the yeah. capitals and uncapitals? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. yeah. Yeah. Wow, all right. How was that? It, it, was, it was good. It was good. I was pattern. like, mix up the letter. You're doing a scr- word scramble? Like, what's it's going hard on? To, it's hard to explain without... Uh... I still have no idea what he's talking about. Trey Burton's going to be a game-time decision. Redskins left tackle Trent Williams could report in week two, according to Ian Rappaport. All right. Stat of the day number one comes from Derek from a city north of Boston. Uh, uh, Heath, city north of Boston? Um, Portland. Sure. So question before I get into the stat. Is it irresponsible for me to give this stat without actually checking it? 
No, it's right. Okay. It's from. I mean, it's it's from a good source. See, I didn't know this source, but uh, is do you know how to pronounce oh. his last name? Uh, Rebar. Rebar. Yeah. Rebar. Okay, Rich Rebar. <laughs> I can't. H r i b a r from SharpFootballAnalysis.com. He has about fifty thousand Twitter followers, so I assume he's pretty legit. He's got a check mark. He's one hundred percent legit. Yeah. <laughs> At, you should, you Adam doesn't click, know the sources. Is, is probably the best part of this segment section, and just not admit that. No, no, it's okay. At Lord Reeves, um, it is hard to pay the tax on receiving backs coming off career seasons. The last running back to finish top twenty-four in points per game in consecutive seasons while having more than seventy percent of their fantasy football points come via receiving was Darren Sproles, 2011 to 2012. James White, Tariq Cohen, TJ Yeldon are in that bucket this season. Pretty interesting. So again, the stat is any a running back who has had 70% or more of their points come via receiving has not finished top 24 in points per game consecutive seasons since Sproles in 2011 to 2012. It's just so weird because that's what I was talking about on Monday is I can't remember the last time a running back, a pass-catching running back had two straight good seasons. Yeah, I mean, this is part of what I've talked about with the the running back dead zone stuff that I've talked about all offseason. And if you go back to reading that piece I mentioned in there, typically in that range, we see the number one, the the lead backs on weaker offenses, which is the part that I focused more on. But also the receiving backs coming off spike seasons is the way that I think I I phrased that. And this this is something that um, does has been kind of known for for a few years. There's been guys that have been drafted in this range. Um, you know, Theo Riddick comes to mind as a guy that was going that high in certain seasons. Bilal Powell, Gio Bernard, I know at one point was going in that range. And none of these these guys typically have a really hard time repeating. So personally, I haven't taken a lot of James White or Tariq Cohen at all this year. I think that White and Cohen are interesting, and I do think that it would be interesting over the next three or four years to see if this continues because we have seen teams start to send more of their targets that direction. Um, And Cohen, like, he did not do it in back-to-back years last year, but I think he was number 29 in his rookie year with not very many touches. So if you've got a season where he finished 29th and a season where he finished 11th, it's I, I've got him projected 21st. I don't think he's going to repeat what he did last year, but it's hard for me to get him outside of the top 24. White did it in 2016 and 2018, but not in consecutive years. So I I agree 100% with the point that we should not expect either of those backs to do what they did last year. I think that they might still break that mold and finish top 24. I have a hard and they are time. at a discount. Typically, we see these pass catchers' backs be a discount from their actual performance because people don't expect them to be able to, you know, like another one that comes to mind is Danny Woodhead. He finishes the RB3 in PPR one year, and then he was going in like the sixth or seventh, eighth round, something like that. And then he, he ended up leg? getting hurt that right. year. Yeah, whatever so he it was. did. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was but, a shame. Because as I mentioned, Shane Vereen, I thought, had a really good chance to do it, and he got hurt. Um, James White, like I, I just, I can't see a scenario where he is not top twenty-four in points per game. I don't know if this is non-PPR or PPR, but I'm assuming it's PPR. Like I just can't see a scenario where James White is not top twenty-four points per game. Like he just, I, I've been down on Cohen, but not necessarily on White. I think White is a great flex in PPR leagues, and I've been I think lucky the only, I agree with you, and I actually like, I think White and Cohen are. I mean, it's it's weird to be like, okay, this is a multi-year trend, but. This year's the exception, but I do think both have good cases. They have pretty pretty solid roles. 
The issue with Cohen, obviously, would be if David Montgomery takes too much passing. The issue with White, for me, the dark horse move or situation would be if Rex Burkhead is active a lot and they're involving him in the passing game. He's been so banged up the last couple of years. But if you go back a couple of years, they really liked him. They brought him in. They used him in the passing game fairly frequently. And if they if they start to use him more, and that cuts into to James White's really high targets and reception numbers last year. But okay. I, I still like both of them. All right. Uh, who's ready to preview some football for the first time since December? Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. And when we come back, Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson in week one? Who would you start? We'll be right back. It is time to preview some football. Thursday night, Green Bay at Chicago. Uh, by the way, just just want to throw this stat out there. In 2018, Albert Wilson averaged 14 fantasy points per game in PPR. That was exactly 24th among wide receivers. So as I look for, you know, who could be a number two wide receiver, I'll be looking for around 14 PPR fantasy points, probably 8 to 10 non-PPR fantasy points. I got I to gotta, uh, keep looking at, um, at that, but... 14 fantasy points in PPR, that's like 6 for 80. That's a pretty good game, or 8 for 60. So that's just something to keep in mind. All right, before we get to Green Bay, well, this is part of Green Bay Chicago. This is our head and shoulders segment of the week, offense versus defense. And you're looking at great offense versus great defense. So I'm gonna. this is where I'm asking Aaron Rodgers at Chicago on Thursday, or do you take the inferior offensive player with the better matchup, Lamar Jackson at Miami on Sunday, Rodgers or Jackson in week one. Heath, who do you got? Uh, listen, um, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble on Friday morning if Aaron Rodgers has a great game on Thursday night against the Bears. When I go to do my projections, I try really hard not to factor matchup into it too much except for on the peripherals. I think in a given week, there are usually two to three matchups at each position that I actually care about. At Chicago for opening night is one of the matchups that I care about. And I don't have enough certainty about this Packers offense. Aaron Rodgers, it's been a while since we've seen him put up elite statistical numbers. I am starting Lamar Jackson, and they're not particularly close (laughs) in my rankings this week. Aaron Rodgers, for me, is not a top 12 quarterback this week. Wow. And I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. The Bears Uh, are really good. I think if you think about it from a floor ceiling standpoint, Rogers' new offense on the road against the consensus best defense in the league coming into the year, the floor is not great. And then with Lamar Jackson, we know that the floor is always great because of how well he runs. So then the question is, well, do I still have to start Aaron Rodgers because he has a massive ceiling? Again, road game against a really good defense probably isn't a great ceiling game for him either. He very well could outscore Lamar Jackson, but I'm with Heath like, I think Lamar Jackson has the better floor and has the better ceiling this week just because the matchup is so much better. Okay, so I'll make the case for Aaron Rodgers then. He faced the Bears twice last year, and he scored 28 fantasy points against them, 30 fantasy points against them in week one. And the Bears have had a really good pass defense four seasons in a row. They've had a top seven pass defense four seasons in a row. He has had three or four games in that stretch against the Bears with 28 or more fantasy points. Um, so, yeah, but, four times. So, hold, hold on one second. Uh, only one of them was at Chicago, uh, but that was a week one matchup. So, I think the last two times he faced the Bears in week one, he's had huge games. I don't know if that means anything. Uh, the Bears also lost their defensive coordinator. They have a big foundation there to just kind of continue what they were doing. 
But uh, that's just the case for him. I'm obviously a little nervous about Aaron Rodgers, but that's kind of my best case. Plus, he's Aaron Rodgers. Well, and I think just like, and I don't usually use um, prior history versus team very much, but I do think if we're going to reference what he did in week one against the Bears last year, we should reference what he did at the Bears last year. Yes. Well, but um, I was I was making the case for him, so because, I wasn't going to do that because he he completed fifty nine percent of his passes, averaged six point five yards per attempt, threw for two hundred and seventy four yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. Yeah. Um. Now he I I think he'll be better than that, but that kind of shows you the floor is like not a top twenty quarterback. Rogers' last two games in Chicago, he scored eleven and twelve fantasy points. In six point per passing touchdown leagues, that's obviously horrible. That was 2016 and 2018. He did not play at Chicago in 2017. Um, all right, so and Lamar Jackson's gonna like yeah, Lamar Jackson. Miami. How would Lamar Jackson not hit 11 or 12 points? I mean, I think especially at quarterback, you don't need to win your week at quarterback. Just take the the free points. Lamar Jackson's floor is higher than that. Yeah, I would say who's got a higher ceiling, Rodgers or Jackson? I think Jackson does too. All right. Yeah. All right, so that's the answer from our podcast, Lamar Jackson over Aaron Rodgers, and that has been your head and shoulders segment of the week. Head and shoulders, great offense for your hair and defense for a flake-free scalp. Go to headandshoulders.com slash NFL for more. So, Heath, where where are you ranked? Like, are there any other streaming quarterbacks you might start over Aaron Rodgers? Well, that it's difficult this time. Like, there's not anyone available on the waiver wire in more than 30% of leagues. No. There is one quarterback who is available in about 25% of leagues who I would start over Aaron Rodgers, and it's the quarterback that he's going against on Thursday night, Mitchell Trubisky. What about Garoppolo? I've got Garoppolo at 18, so no, I would not. All right, you would start Trubisky over him. How about Jameis? I mean, I'm sure he's owned in most leagues, but would you start him? Jameis is a top five quarterback for me this week. I would yeah. start him over Aaron Rodgers. All right, and um, we'll move on to the running game here for the for the Packers. Anybody excited to start Aaron Jones? Are you getting away from Aaron Jones? The Bears allowed the fewest fantasy points to running backs, 3.52 yards per carry to running backs last year. The way I see the Bears' defense is their front seven is just unbelievable. Their secondary, I don't think, is... Is quite that good. It's very good, but it, but it, I don't. It's not as good as their front seven. That's the way I see it. Um, but yeah, like any interest in Aaron Jones this week? Can we start him? I'm starting him in seasonal if I have him. I mean, I mean, unless I have like a really solid second option. Uh, like I think I would start Matt Breida over him if he was my my RB three. Uh, or either of the San Francisco running backs because I do want pieces of that game. I think that San Francisco Tampa Bay game is going to be very explosive. I don't like Aaron Jones this week. I don't want to start him, but he is a back that you took high enough that in, in all likelihood you're you're probably just plugging him in and hoping for the best, hoping for a touchdown, a couple of long runs. He definitely has that explosion. That's kind of just the way it goes with running backs like him that don't catch a ton of passes. You, you got to play him even through tough matchups and, and hope for the best. I, in PPR, I've got him as a top 25 running back. Uh, he's not in my top 20. There are a handful of running backs that were definitely drafted after him that I would definitely start over him this week. So I'll just go through those. I would start Austin Eckler. I think that one's pretty easy over Aaron Jones. I would start Chris Carson over Aaron Jones. I'd start in, D- in PPR. I'd start Duke Johnson. Um, 
Ben mentioned Tevin Coleman. I'm, I'm with him on that. I'd, I'd rather start Mark Ingram. I think this is probably where it gets controversial. Um, there's two names that I have just above him in PPR. One of them's Philip Lindsay against the Raiders. The other one is Tariq Cohen in the same game in PPR. And I would start Cohen over Jones on Thursday night. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, how do you rank all the running backs in this game? Is it Montgomery one? I'm it, in, in, it's different in the two formats. I'll go first and let Ben formulate his thoughts. But in mm-hmm. PPR, I've got it Cohen, Jones, Montgomery. In non PPR, I've got it Jones, Montgomery, Cohen. Non PPR, Jones, Montgomery, Cohen. Okay. So PPR, Cohen, Jones, Montgomery. That's yeah, interesting. I agree with that non PPR. I think in PPR, It'd be hard for me to put Montgomery third. I think Montgomery could be the number one, as Adam just alluded to. I think they're they're definitely all close, but oh, um, they're, they're all within nine tenths of a fantasy point for me. So like, right, we're, there we're you putting go. Putting hairs. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like here's the thing: the Packers' defense was pretty lousy last year. They added a safety, Adrian Amos. They added pass rushers, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. They drafted Rashawn Gary, um, who can get after the quarterback, and Darnell Savage, a safety. They drafted. So the people think that this is a a not like a great defense, but one that's going to be much, much improved. So I, I, um, I think it's in that range of defenses that don't matter for me. Like, and that's like twenty to twenty-five of them on a given week. Okay. But the Packers defense, I'm just not considering. The, the one thing I would say about Montgomery that makes it a little bit more difficult for me, and this will sound ridiculous, but week one, especially the way they were used early in the preseason, would we be that surprised if Mike Davis no. got the first carry or the first series? I wouldn't really a little and bit, so, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had a if he had a bigger role than everybody thought. Right, and so I I I'm just a little leery about Montgomery Week One, but there's plenty of upside there, ton of upside. All right, would you start Montgomery over any of the wide receivers in this game, other than Devonte Adams? Sorry, like it, it, okay. Are you saying in would a flex we start spot. any of the wide receivers over Montgomery? Yeah, yeah. Okay, in a flex spot, are you going Montgomery or a wide receiver not named Devonte Adams? Personally, I would take Montgomery. Yeah, probably. I, I, yeah. Maybe in PPR, I would I would consider Allen Robinson. I'd have to look at it a little bit closer. But Yeah, I've got Montgomery over all the receivers in non-PPR except for Adams. And in PPR, I have Adams about a half point better than Montgomery. And then Montgomery's over all the rest of the receivers. Yeah, I have no interest this week in Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, look, there are no buys, so you probably don't have to start them. And there was only there were, there was really only one team that had multiple wide receivers that had like good games against the Bears, and it was the Packers in Week One, and it was Randall Cobb at 142 yards and a touchdown, Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison. They all had big games. After that, it was pretty hard to find teams that had multiple good wide receivers. You know, you had a few examples, but it wasn't like anybody had huge games. Uh, so they, they just it just doesn't really happen against this Bears DST, this Bears defense. Um, we're gonna we gotta take one last break here. I apologize. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about Trubisky. Finish up on Allen Robinson. Uh, see if the tight ends are in play at all. Maybe some do a little little bit more either ors with uh, David Montgomery and um, any hesitation with the Bears DST. And then we got the regulators and your questions right after this. Wrapping up Packers and Bears here. So I guess just give me a little more context on Montgomery and Cohen and um, Heath. What you expect and who you're ranking them near. Cohen is a top 20 back for me, or number 20 in PPR. And in non-PPR, he's really a low-end flex that I don't want to start. 
Um, Aaron Jones is right in that low end number two range in both formats, uh, right around 22, 23. There's a good chance you have somebody on your bench. I mean, I named five guys that I'd rather start than him, but I don't feel bad about starting him. Montgomery for me is really more of a flex this week, just until we see it. But I don't think anybody should feel bad about having him in their starting lineup. Um, I mean, you all, you know how much I love Kenyon Drake. I'd, I'd rather start Montgomery than Kenyon Drake. I'd start Montgomery over like Justin Jackson. What about De- him- Devin Singletary? I, I'm not starting Devin Singletary this week, okay. especially week one. I'm not sure he gets double. Oh, touches. I got a good one. Montgomery or Damian Williams? Um, I will go Montgomery and non-PPR and Williams and PPR. Half PPR. Um, Montgomery. Uh, Williams okay. for me. Williams across all formats. Oh, okay. Confidence. Uh, and I'm still going. I, I got to go down with that ship. I mean, it's not. I, yeah, I, I still I, it's not going down with the ship kind of like take lock. I, I still think he's going to be their best back. If you go by last season, uh, Green Bay was so bad against quarterbacks. Six of the last seven quarterbacks to face the Packers scored 22 or more fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues. The only exception was Josh Rosen. Heath, where do you have Mitchell Trubisky ranked? I know it's ahead of Aaron Rodgers, but where do you have him ranked? He's my number 10 quarterback in six-point per passing touchdown leagues. I've got him projected for 24.2 fantasy points, tied with Tom Brady for number nine, actually. Um, I mean, I'm starting him over Aaron Rodgers. I'd start him over Phillip Rivers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyler, Russell Wilson. Yeah, I really want to – I kind of want to wait and see on Trubisky. He did so much of his damage in a four-game stretch last year. His last seven games, he averaged 18 rushing yards per game. So I, I I get it. I know he's your basically your favorite sleeper at quarterback. I don't really want to have to start him this week, but we'll I, see. I, that's fine. Most people didn't draft him as a starter, so they don't have to. Yeah, this is a really interesting game. I I, I kind of feel that way from both teams. What Adam just said, like I, there's nobody I'm super excited about starting, and there's and I kind of want to wait and see a little bit. And it's largely I think because we have the whole new offense in Green Bay, whole new coaching staff. You know, Rogers looked disinterested at times last year and and a lot of that that came out all offseason about him and Mike McCarthy could he just like be right back to his old self and be super excited about playing the you know playing the game and just being absolutely elite right away from week one against a great defense I think that's possible I think there's a huge range for this Green Bay's offense Green Bay offense and then Matt Nagy we know did a lot of different things last year came from the Andrew Reid coaching tree a pretty modern offense last year does he have any new uh, stuff installed for year two and how that looks. So, and then it's just a big rivalry game. I mean, yeah, this could oh, be a really yeah. fun very, game to watch. But I tend to agree true. with, like, not wanting to start Trubisky, not like, and just being uncertain with a lot of the players in this game because, the, the, like, just, there's a lot of uncertainty across the board, right? I, I do so, have to tell you, and Chris texted me this when he first saw my projections. He said, "You know, it's great to uh, put yourself out there like this, the very first game of the season when everyone's going to be watching." Um, and have Mitchell Trubisky over Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't feel good. I, I'm not doing it for the hot take aspect. I, that's just where the numbers went. Yeah, no, I, look, I get that. Um, and uh, finally, Allen Robinson is just solid flex, kind of like what we what he, we drafted him to be. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're starting him as a number three receiver if you start three receivers. Yeah, all right. And um, finally then, I said finally before, but finally uh, either of the tight ends in play this week. Who's playing? Let's say Burton and Graham play. Graham should play. Yeah, Graham was a full full practice participant, and I think you can definitely consider him. I, I know the matchup's not great, but I think if they lock down the, the the receivers a little bit more, you can 
hope that he gets a few more targets. But yeah, I I wouldn't yeah. want to play him. Yeah, I, I'm probably not playing a tight end from this game. Okay. Would you start Will Disley or Jimmy Graham? Uh, Jimmy I Graham. Okay. Would you start? That's, Mar- a, that's a great great point. Like that, I, I wasn't trying to say that Graham's like a favorite of mine. My point was more that I wouldn't touch Burton if I was going to touch one. I would touch Graham, but not over guys like Disley. Not over like reasonable options. All right, start the Bears DST. All right, yes. we got we got to run. Um, five star reviews and your questions here from Chucky Buckle. Can you rank these for a flex position and half PPR? Tevin Coleman, Curtis Samuel, Latavius Murray, D.D. Westbrook. It's Tevin or D.D. It's close for me. I probably go Tevin against Tampa Bay. Um, I agree with the top two. D.D. is a uh, top 15 receiver for me this week, so he's my number one. Um, and that could change. Like, I, There's this weird thing where there's some people that seem to think Marquise Lee might actually play this week. What is it? He's like 50% <laughs> on. It's crazy. Well, but I if he does play this week, then I would have to temper my my Didi hope just a little bit. But I would go like he said, rank them right. So I would go Didi, Tevin, and the other two were Latavius and who? Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. Latavius and then Curtis Samuel. I, I'm gonna have to see it from Samuel. I predicted yesterday Drew Brees is gonna throw five touchdown passes um, in week one. I think. I mean, I like all these guys, but I think Latavius could be good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I agree. Coleman and Westbrook ahead of the pack. In whatever order. Zach Ertz. His name was not Zach Ertz on iTunes, but I couldn't read his name because, you know, it's Zach Ertz. You, you know the dirty Zach Ertz team name. Um, our league is discussing how the waiver wire is determined. How would you go about it? Reverse order of the standings, worst team to best, or reverse order of standings, then once you use your waiver wire pickup, you go to the end of the waiver order? Yes. That one. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know if I like that because I don't want the best team in fantasy to have the number one waiver claim. I don't know the the Earth's team name. What what is it? My ball. Then his what? name. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Josh Red Four. Am I getting too cute if I start Chris Carson against the Bengals over David Johnson against Detroit? Yes. Um, no. I. I um, have David Johnson ranked higher in PPR. I have Chris Carson projected to score one half of one more of one fantasy point more in non PPR. So I don't think it's too crazy or too cute. From Jeremy, no. I have Lin- Philip Lindsay, Damian Williams, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Matt Breida, and Lashawn McCoy. I have to start two of them: Lindsay, Damian Williams, Eckler, Pollard, Breida, and McCoy. PPR start two. Eckler's the easy one, right? Yes. Well, and Damian yeah. Williams for for Ben. Yeah, I mean, I I like Brita a lot too, and then Damian Williams is is someone I would be considering too. So it's 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 not easy. Yeah, I think Eckler and Eckler and Williams probably for me. I'd go Eckler and Lindsey, but Williams is third. Okay. Uh, and finally, from Truett and Pete, Sammy Watkins or Dee Westbrook, Week One. Dd, he did. Yeah, I would take Dd as well. I don't think I, Sammy's a little bit underrated as you know a, a good piece of the KC offense, but like you don't necessarily want to start him against Jacksonville, and you do want to start Dd against Kansas City's defense. So th- this is a week to prefer Dd for sure. Time for some NFL picks. I am actually ready to make them this time, as I was not yesterday. But Heath, I will let you go first. 
What what are we doing? Uh, picking divisions and Super Bowl winners. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know we were doing this at all. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Are you are you prepared? Oh yeah, totally. I've got all my picks ready. Um, all right, New England, New England, New England for everybody. Today was the day. Oh yeah, today's the day. <laughs> uh, I'll take the Patriots to win the AFC East. Uh huh. And the North. Uh, who's, who's winning uh, the North? What's that? Uh, ben, yeah, you're the, taking Ben. You're taking the Patriots. I'm taking the Patriots. Let's go to the North. I'm gonna what if I want to take the Dolphins? You don't. I'm going to surprise these people <laughs> and take the Ravens. Okay, Ben. Browns. And I am taking the Ravens. Also, the Ravens. Uh, um, can I change mine? <laughs> South. Who are you going to take that I'm also going to take? Um, Jacksonville. I will take the Colts. Ooh. What? You guys are crazy. Houston is going to win the the South. Houston, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the West. I'll be the first member of the media to not choose the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. I'll take the Chiefs. Ben? Yeah, Chiefs. Chiefs for me. Two wild card teams. Chargers and I don't know. You got Pittsburgh. You got Chargers and Browns. Char- uh, Char- oh, that's what I was going to say. Chargers and Browns. All right. Uh, no, but you guys are not taking Houston to go to the playoffs. Doesn't seem like it. Wow. You didn't. Yeah. I did. I took them to win the division. I think they're probably a better pick than the Colts to win the South. I just think the Colts are pretty much, I don't know. I think they're better than, than what their, their, the reaction has suggested. Ben, you heard about Andrew Luck or no? No, uh, but I, <laughs> He's ready, right? NFC, NFC, Heath, NFC East. Eagles. Cowboys. I hate this one. Yeah, I think we're going to Let's go, Eagles. Eagles. Okay, Heath, NFC North. Bears. I will take the Vikings. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I like the Bears. Bears are really good. South. Saints. Saints. Damn, Good division. Man. I hate this yeah. division. It's so hard. Uh, I guess the Saints. I guess the Saints. Uh, the West. Rams. Rams. Seattle Seahawks. I like Seattle this year. I've decided. All right, two wild cards. Heath. Vi- Vikings and Panthers. Okay. And Ben? I'll say Eagles and Falcons, which means I have... The Bears and Packers both missing the playoffs. Oof. Eagles and Falcons, you said? Yes. Bears and Packers. Wow. Okay. I've got, uh, I also have the Packers missing the playoffs. Really? Wow. I'll take Dallas and Atlanta. And I already picked yesterday Kansas City over Atlanta in the Super Bowl. Uh, ben, who's, who's winning the Super Bowl? I had uh, Kansas City over Philly. So. Pretty trendy pick. Interesting that I had Dallas winning the NFC East. I've, I've obviously not given this a ton of thought either. Uh, it's okay. You, you, you can win the Super Bowl as a wild card. Heath, how about you? Uh, Kansas City over the Saints. Homer pick. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. No credibility, ladies and gentlemen. No credibility. Thank you, guys. Um, who, who did you pick to win the Super Bowl? The Falcons? No, Chiefs over the Falcons. You had already picked the Falcons to win the Super Bowl earlier, earlier this offseason. Well, now I'm changing it. You can't change it. You didn't change You're your the Falcons over the Chiefs. You didn't change your fantasy football rankings uh, at all during this offseason? Uh, no. So it's you're exactly the same. So you're trying to uh, 
trying to regulate me, I see. I don't want you jinxing the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late, man. I can't take it back. All right, let's, uh, let's regulate. Okay, this is from Tim in New Jersey. Tim says, I have gotten some pushback from my league mates about a uh, couple of moves I've made that technically were not against any rules, but some claim violate the spirit of the rules. Great, great, great. Love these. Most recently have a rule stating that you must draft a legal lineup. I did. And then as my kicker was cut, I dropped him, but I added another player to speculate on. Before the start of the season, I will have to drop another player and add a kicker, which I'll do on Thursday. Do you think this is okay, or should I be forced to drop someone immediately? Other people have done this in-season for a few days in the past. Great job. This is a stupid rule. You should not have to draft. You don't get to, you don't get to tell the league position. that their rule is stupid. We, oh, we I absolutely here, do. No, I'm I, a regulator. It, <laughs> I, <laughs> I will also say that the rule is not you must draft a kicker and then keep a kicker on your roster at all times for the rest of the season, obviously because it says people have done this in season before. So you drafted a kicker. You dropped the kicker. You will pick up a kicker. Violated by the one. spirit of Good the work. rule. Good work, Tim. All right, what do you think, Ben? I, I just did a heave. Okay. Second part of this question is: Last year in the championship game, my opponent didn't have anyone to start at wide receiver two, and he had only one backup who was injured, and his number two went down. So he had no fab left, and I had about fifteen dollars. I added as many uh, one dollar receivers as I could, about six. The next day, I dropped two wide receivers I had just picked up, and I added two more for a dollar each. I prevented him from adding anyone. What do you think? Is that okay? I play in leagues where if you do that, if the same person adds and drops somebody within a certain amount of time, they just go straight back into free agency and can be re-added. Um, I, I, I think it's fine to add players to block your opponents if they're out of fab like they they burn through their fab intentionally and you're in a position where you saved some so i think that's fine but i don't think you should be able to just like pick up and drop a bunch of players and then leave them on waivers so that they have no one to pick up that seems a little bit yeah that's where the the first move of picking up six one dollar wide receivers was very good fantasy fantasy footballing the second move where you drop the guys you just picked yesterday and picked up more that's where you became a bad owner and probably should have been kicked out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. Let's keep, uh, let's keep it going here. Let's regulate. This is from Jared. Hey, Leo, Raph, Mikey, and Don. Those are Ninja Turtles. We held our draft about a week ago, and we knew the draft order beforehand. When the draft started, the guy with the number one pick immediately selected Ezekiel Elliott. We were all flabbergasted, yet many of us were relieved in the top five because we we didn't want to have to make the tough choice on drafting Ezekiel Elliott. The guy who selected Zeke then started saying he never meant to select Zeke. He was setting up his queue on our drafting website, and right as he clicked the queue button for Zeke, the draft started, and the button changed to draft instead of queue. He claimed he would have taken Saquon and demanded that the commissioner start the draft order. Uh, Over. The commissioner ignored his request because, one, he shouldn't have waited last second to make a queue list, and two, why was he queuing Zeke if he was the first pick? We have a veteran league, and there's no way Zeke would have lasted until pick 20. The the guy who drafted Zeke cried the rest of the draft, threatened to auto-draft the rest of the time, and now is refusing to pay the league fee for the winning pot. Uh, He is the last guy not to pay. Do you think the commission should have restarted the draft, and what should the penalty be for him not paying the fee before the league begins? 
I, I mean, I think, A, there's no reason that he should have been queuing up Zeke because I, I totally agree with that because if you're the first pick, why would you even do that? Like, don't make that mistake. I also think, B, that they should have just let him change the pick. It's the first pick of the draft. Yeah, they should have let him change it. If he was crying from the right from the moment, as in his words, crying – and, and making a huge fuss of it, and it's the first pick of the draft. Yeah, just start the draft over. Like, why do you want to be like, oh, you're screwed? Uh, I don't know. I don't get that. I would send him a uh, notice of demand uh, to pay on <laughs> via certified mail on league letterhead, and uh, in that letter, let him know that there will be a ten percent increase in his entry fee starting week one and recurring each Sunday of the NFL season that he is not paid. And that if he's not paid by the time the championship happens, he's out of the league. Let's be honest. He probably paid today right after Zeke signed. And he's probably on the message board talking about how he meant to take Zeke the whole time. Yeah, right. Right, Exactly. Yeah, no, I think uh, I'm in a league where if I don't pay by tomorrow, uh, my lineup freeze. I can't make any roster moves or anything like that. So I think that's a penalty. You have to kind of establish that beforehand. But yeah, you got to you got to pay, man. Like you got to pay. Also, I, I would just say that if you're sending regulators emails in, you should not send us questions about how to collect entry fees because I'm in like 20 leagues and the 17 that I'm in with CBS people, I've paid $0 and collected $0 and no one will collect any money until the playoffs start happening. I'm in a fantasy league with that Adam commissions. That's a baseball league and the championship game just happened this last week. I have still not paid. You're um, going to pay it. That's I will. Yeah. When we always pay. Yeah. When you play with, with people every year like they pay all right jordan from a town with a way better football team than miami dallas or philadelphia orlando uh-huh. or well, la- oh ucf have you, you been practicing what the us yeah i in front of a mirror every night yeah. dear warren nate michael and bob uh those are regulators is that Michael McDonald who like wrote the original track? I don't know who Bob is. I joined a league late last year. Apparently, they determined the draft order by last year's end-of-season ranking. So if you won, you get the last pick. If you got last place, you get the first pick. So on and so forth. New members are kicked to the end of the draft. This is the only thing that carries over from the past season. No keepers, no money, nothing else. Just the draft results or just the league results determining the draft. It's ridiculous. It promotes tanking and I hate it. As I have said to them, you don't get dealt better odds in blackjack just because you played your previous hands poorly. We've already drafted, but I'd like to propose the change for next year's draft before we start the season. Help me convince these idiot morons that we need to start fresh every year with a random draft order. I I mean... It doesn't have to be random. One thing that one of my leagues does, it's my lo- my longest running league. You actually play out the six teams that don't make the fancy playoffs. You play that out. Uh, the winner of that could get the, you know, whatever. But the way that we actually do it is a, a draft lottery the next year. So the winner of that gets the most lotto balls. But you don't just give lotto balls to the last place because the whole idea was anti-tanking. But I, I think if you have the, the toilet bowl played out, that's one way to get away from tanking. Um, the second way would be to do something like a lotto. I random order is fine too, but I like these kind of more fun ideas personally. I would just say reading this email, it made me think. Um, you're not w- wrong, Walter. You're just whole. You are what, what, in your what is first this? year. What the, the hell? League, and you're telling these guys they're idiots, and you hate the way they run their league. I might not invite you back into the league, but you're. I mean, you're right, but. What, what, Adam? Uh, like, I'm regulating you. You just, like, Why? now I have to bleep. Now I have to get the bleep out. No, that was a direct movie quote. 
Well, I, I don't care. I, I don't. I don't just put any movie quote I want. All what, right. What movie quote was it from? Adam? You're not what wrong. Thing? You're just an a hole. Yes. I don't know. What is that? I knew you wouldn't know, and I just wanted to embarrass you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Big Lebowski. Oh, okay, okay. Crappy movie. All right, we're out of here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks. Now everybody hates me. Talk to you tomorrow.